Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and life coach David Bartke here. It's Thursday, August 31st, 2017, the last day of August. And, uh, well, it's so hard to believe. I know, it is hard to believe, isn't it? It's amazing. It just kind of just goes and goes and goes. And before you know it, the year is over. I mean, I, I thought it was still January. <laughs> Except when I walk outside and I say, wait a minute, where does the snow? <laughs> but other than that. Well, once, once September hits, before you know it, all the holidays yeah. start coming up. That's right, they it's do. True. It's like, boom, yeah. everything comes up. And then before you know it, it, it is New Year. Yeah, yeah, it, it just comes right up. It's fast. There's no doubt about it. So we are continuing our discussion this week about the book Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. We are on Chapter 2, and if you've been following along, you've uh, probably been wondering how many chapters there are. There are 22 chapters in this book, so you just might as well sit back and relax for a few weeks, because we, there's a lot to go over here. <laughs> But it's, it's all, all really good information. It's really good. There is no doubt about it. And I mean, you can read this book. You can read all their stuff. You can subscribe to their their daily notes. Do you, do you get the Abraham uh, Abraham Hicks emails every day, David? I do. And actually, I I wanted to read one of the quotes because I thought it was really oh pertinent to what we're talking about. Appropriate. They'll go for it then. Okay. Well, I don't know if, if you've heard this, but a lot of times Abraham slash Esther will say it's not. It's not the getting the thing that you want that brings you the joy. It's the journey along the way that should do that. It's the experience, right. Yeah, so this is a quote that kind of goes along with that. So here it is from Abraham. You could never have a happy ending at the end of an unhappy journey. Mm. It just doesn't work out that way. The way you're feeling along the way is the way you're continuing to prepave your journey. And it's the way it's going to continue to turn out until you do something about it the way you are feeling. So, and feeling, of course, now we know is another word for saying vibrating. Right. So it's about making sure, like to me that means it's about making sure that every day you're mining your vibration. You're, you're aware of how you, you feel and if you need to raise yourself because you're prepaving more of that as time goes on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes all the difference in the world. And in fact, the yeah. I guess the corollary that goes along with it is not only do you want to be clear about what it is you're going to focus on, but uh, people tend to get stuck. I mean, the, yeah. the day that we are recording this show, the uh, Abraham Hicks daily quote that came out said people often believe that because something happened and because it, because it is a fact or true that it should be focused upon and therefore kept vibrationally active. And that's the mistake, isn't it? Yeah, that's the mistake. Oh, I read that one too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, that's and they point out that's why so many people keep many things active that do not serve them. So, mm-hmm. so the trick is you don't have to pay attention to what's going on just because it's going on. <laughs> yes, and, yeah, and also that, um, but just mining your vibration along the way because you're prepaving your future. That's part. That's hard for people to get to that the way you keep yourself feeling today will affect your future. Right. And what you're experiencing today was directly related to what you felt yesterday. (laughs) Or or earlier today or a week ago. (laughs) A week ago. (laughs) And that's why it's just so important, once again, to do what you can to keep yourself feeling as good as you can, like uh, vibrationally slash emotionally, because not only is it wonderful to feel that way and to keep that day feeling good and going well, but you're prepaving for the future to be that way as well. 
that's that's important to have in mind. That, that really does put an important responsibility on our shoulders, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It's a big thing to get, but it's part of the whole law of attraction thing. It is. So that kind of brings us into uh, the topic for this week, which is Chapter 2 of Abraham Hicks's book, Ask and It Is Given. And in this chapter, David, they're, they're basically trying to outline to us uh, who we are, where we come from. It's kind of a way of you know, putting this whole law of attraction thing into perspective. Mm-hmm. So let me just read from uh, the chapter. It's actually a fairly short chapter. Well, I guess short is a, is a comparative word. It depends what you think of as short. Last week's chapter was three pages long. This one is a third longer, so it's four pages long. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that could take years to read this one. You know? <laughs> but no, since it's so short, why don't we just uh, you know, read a bunch of it? So, okay, here we go. Do you know what you want? Do you know that you are the creator of your own experience? Are you enjoying the evolution of your desire? Do you feel the freshness of a new desire pulsing within you? If you are among the rare humans who answered, yes, I'm enjoying the evolution of my desire. I feel wonderful as I stand in this place where many things that I desire have not yet come to me. Then you understand who you are and what this physical life experience is really all about. I don't know about you. When I first read that, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, we could go through each one of those questions and talk about each one. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, let's yeah. do that. Do, do you know what you want? That, that alone is a tough one for many people. That stumped me for quite, quite some time when I first became aware of the secret. Right. Do you know what you want? And are we allowed to want something that seems like it's impossible to get because we don't know how it's going to manifest? I mean, it's a lot. That question alone, there's a lot to it. Or, or are we willing to want something that maybe our peers don't want us to have or that our mm-hmm. parents don't want us to have or that our school doesn't want us to have or that are, are, are we willing yeah. to want something that isn't negative? I, I certainly don't recommend wanting negative stuff. A lot of people do, but I don't <laughs> recommend it. But is it no. okay to want to want something positive that isn't socially acceptable by other people's negative standards? And is it okay to want something that pe- other people might think is frivolous, but for whatever reason, you yes. want it? Yeah, yeah. One person's frivolous is another person's feels good. <laughs> yeah. It really is. So that, that question alone, like, if we could all just allow ourselves to want what we want, <laughs> and it's okay. And the, the thing that empowers it is the second question, which is, do you know that you are the creator of your own experience? Because that flies in the face of so much of what our society teaches us. Yes, and that one thing for a lot of people is hard to fathom. Like, what do you mean I'm creating my own experience? Like, you have to connect that. Like, yeah, how because, am I creating how? How am I creating my own experience? Or, or, or what's the evidence that I'm creating my own experience? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. believe that life just happens to them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like some magic thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's outside of your power. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's outside of your control what happens. And if yeah, it happens, but, it just happens. And, you know, you just have to put up with the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Yes, at a minimum, at a minimum... We can at least control how we're feeling. And that, that, I can say, yes. And I think that's a big part of it. That's the revolutionary part of it, because it, it actually suggests that we do have control. And not that yes. we have control, but we have all of the control. <laughs> and we just yeah. haven't realized it. 
we, we've been sitting at the driver's seat, not realizing that the steering wheel was in front of us. Right. Oh, that's a good metaphor. Where'd you hear that one? I just thought of it. It just occurred to me. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. So that, 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 when I first read that, I said, do you know, do I know that I'm the creator of my own experience? Well, I wish it were true. That was my first reaction. I wish it were mm-hmm. true. Well, and, even the title of the book alone, Ask and It Is Given, a lot of people are like, uh-huh. Like there's a magic genie, like you just rub the bottle and yeah. then you wish for whatever and then well, it comes out. <laughs> of course they think that. What was the, the character in The Secret? It was a genie. <laughs> right? That, that's but really, the, Ask that, and It Is Given, That's even that uh, you could struggle with if you're like, uh-huh. If people, I'm sure people were, are like, how is that possible? Right, then everybody would be living in expensive homes and driving fancy cars and whatever, whatever. I do remember when I first picked up the book and, and decided to order it. Um, I, I saw it first at a, I think it was on a coffee table somewhere. And after I decided to order it, so I ordered it through Amazon, I think it was. And when I got it in my hands, the feeling, it wasn't really a thought. It was a feeling. The feeling that I had was, I really hope it's true. Which meant I didn't yeah. believe it was true. I just hoped it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when I first read that book many years ago, it resonated with me, but I didn't really get into it, into it, but it resonated. And then when I took my coaching certification about six years ago, it was one of the requirements for the course. Wow. So at least you had a leg up. So, that was good. I was so glad about that because it, it really made so much more sense to me when I read it around that time what what changed what what was it about the course that made you feel like it made more sense that time well just rereading it after many more years of reading it the first time i had more experience with law of attraction and more awarenesses that Uh when i read it again a few years later it just resonated with me even stronger because i i just related to a lot of what she abraham was talking about in Mm -hmm. a deeper way Mm mm-hmm yeah. Than the first time I read it. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. I kind of had the same experience. It's one of those things you have to explore over and over again in order yeah. to make sense of it from a personal perspective. Be- be- <laughs> be- sure, because of our own yeah, doubts, like, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure I can read it again a year from now and even get it even in a stronger way. <laughs> one of the most amazing things about the book is that when you are reading it, you, you begin to sense a pattern because they're basically saying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and indeed, mm-hmm. some of the critics have said, they're just saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but we need to hear it over and over we again. We do. We do. <laughs> That's the key. We have to hear it over yeah. again. We have to read it over and over again in order to overcome our own prejudices against the very concepts they're trying to portray to us. I mean, yes. what, what's the number one concept? Asking it is given. It's just—it's going to be just <laughs> given to you. Well, that—that's a hard one to overcome if you have teaching, experience, culture, you know, uh, religious education, whatever that's telling you that's not the way things are. Mm-hmm. You have a lot to overcome. I mean, I—I I know early on in my life, I—I was—I um, guess you might call propagandized by the Presbyterian Church. I was a member of a Presbyterian Church. That's what I grew up with. And mm-hmm. I, I had kind of a rebellion period in my teens. Of course, most people go through some sort of rebellion. I was going to say, yay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. you got to go through that rebellious phase. <laughs> and, and for me, it was uh, tied around the religion because my parents were very religious. We were in a very religious church and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And I just, I mean, it just felt wrong. 
the right. whole the whole right. thing felt wrong. And I, who could I say that to? You know, I tried uh-huh. tried to say it to my parents, and you know, in the voice of a fourteen year old, and I couldn't yeah. do it. And, yeah, but it just it didn't resonate at all. It resonated badly. And right. one of the things that resonated badly was their explanation about what happens when you pray. Now, of course, religion is about uh, relationship to what they call God, which uh-huh. I think we might call spirit or what we might call that spiritual energy, but they call it God, and they actually think of it as a as a being, as a single being. Uh-huh. Who gives out commandments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that they teach is as a way of, of helping people reconcile that they aren't actively getting everything that they're praying for is they say, God hears all prayers, but sometimes the answer is no. Uh-huh. Well, asking it as given directly contradicts that. So even though I had left that behind, even though I had kind of rejected it, it was still part of my subconscious mind. Yeah. It was still part of my training, so to speak. And I had to overcome that. And that's challenging. It, it's it's difficult until you do it. When you Once you do it, it's easy. <laughs> but until you actually overcome it, it it's tough. Because you're going against, I mean, this is what my family taught me, right? This is what yeah. my, my society taught me. And I had to kind of, you know, reverse it. <laughs> and actually posit the idea that, when every time you ask for something, you get it. Now, it really puzzled me for the longest time. I think I've talked about this before with you, but it really puzzled me for the longest time how it could be that everything we ask for, we get. Until I finally realized that the reason we don't seem to get things is because we contradict ourselves. And we're not asking for them, or we're asking for it in a way that's more of a lackful way, and we don't realize it. Yep, it's either lackful or contradictory, or we change the subject to something else entirely, or forget about it, and then we say, "Well, I asked for that." Well, yeah, and then you ask for something that doesn't work with it. <laughs> right, right. Like I like, I think I have, I told you this a while ago, where um, I was talking to a potential client, and they wanted to attract a relationship, and so we were talking about it. And he said, "Well, I don't know." He goes. A few years ago, I tried the law of attraction thing, and after a few weeks, no one came into my life, so I forgot it. I said, oh, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that that just let me know, one, they don't really know what law of attraction is, and two, he fell into the trap that a lot of people fall into where, I don't even know what he did law of attraction-wise, but they think they're doing something to allow something to manifest for them, and it doesn't happen in a few weeks, so they're like, oh, this isn't working. Well, I think what that is is the lack thing we talked about. You mentioned it very briefly. Very, very often when people are trying out law of attraction for the first time, because of what we're talking about here, because of the doubt, because, geez, how can this really work? And it goes against what I've been taught and so forth. Even when we put out a message that says, I want to attract somebody into my life, what's the very next thought that hits our head? Yeah, this is not going to work. How is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? (laughs) Yeah. So oh, yeah, it's, let's see, it's 11.30. Is it going to be here by 11.40? <laughs> yeah, what people don't realize until they're told it is that they've built up a momentum for many years of thinking about relationships in a certain way. And that's why in two weeks they haven't met anybody yet because they have to slow down that momentum of all the doubt, the worry, and fear so they can allow the person in. And, of course, for most people, that would not that would take longer than two weeks to do. And it doesn't have to take longer. It, it, it can happen. No, that's in, what I'm saying. For it can happen really people, fast. Yes. But but yeah, the reason could. the reason it doesn't happen fast for most people is the doubt. All that resistance. Yeah. Yep. All the resistance. So. All the reasons why it probably won't happen. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people have that time thing. Like, oh well, if it doesn't happen by 
a certain time frame, then um, then it's not working. I'm uh, like, that's just not true. Yeah. Well, that that well for me, the time thing is that in my own experience, my own resistance came from my own doubt. I I, I put the, I put the time thing in place because I figured, well, I'm I'm not really sure this is going to work, so I'm going to put a time limit on it. That way, I'm not wasting my time beyond X number of days. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're well, we're really good at self defeating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then other people like to put time limits on other people. Like, yeah, I, had yeah, this yeah. One, I had this one client who uh, was going through a divorce, and she kept saying, well, I want this phase to end by this date, and mm. this phase to end by this date. Mm. <laughs> so, of course, she was setting herself up for uh, in a trap, because when you, do those, when you do that with those dates, and then it doesn't happen by that date, then you're like, oh, see, this doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just that, by that, setting a date, to yeah. me, just by setting a date is a low is a low vibration thing to do. It is. It, yeah. It, it's very self defeating. Yeah. And yet, it's interesting but, that there are a lot of uh, I, I wouldn't say necessarily law of attraction gurus, but gurus, self help gurus, and so forth, who urge you to set a date, set timeline, time time deadlines, mm-hmm. and so forth. The thing mm-hmm. to understand, of course, is that there's a difference. What they're teaching is they're teaching a different kind of concept. The concept they're like talking about is, setting? is yeah. that you mean like goal setting? They're, they're talking about yeah. you know setting a goal that you're going to go after, and and yeah, that's a little different. And yeah. setting the goal with a time so that you're pushing yourself to take more and more steps to get that goal accomplished. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, like oh, I have to do and get this done by X date, or else yeah, that's different than like I have to meet someone by next month. Which which is interesting because among other things, I found that you can do that pattern that they teach. And yes, mm-hmm. you can get to your goals that way, but it, you don't have to. <laughs> you actually don't have to do it that way. I mean, you're basically creating a lot of busy work for yourself when you do it that way. But if you take the, the if you take the whole approach that I just have to believe strongly and then take little steps, it happens anyway. Mm-hmm. So you don't have mm-hmm. to do all that hard, hard, hard stuff. Yeah. Which yeah. means that the real reason to do the hard, hard, hard stuff is because you enjoy it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're doing it for that reason, then okay, do it some more. Knock yourself out, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing with ask and it is given is uh, it just has to part of that has to just go with trust, you know, just trusting yes. it. You, you talked also about the momentum, and that actually leads yeah. to the third question, which they raised in this paragraph: Are you enjoying the evolution of your desire? Yes. Yes, that's kind of what I read about today from the quote. Right. Just are you are you enjoying the journey to to your manifestation of whatever it is? That's also a tough concept because what it's really saying is, even if you don't enjoy the journey that you're having right now, find the good part of it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if you're focusing all the time on what is, because that's what is, right? What experience, what you're yeah. experiencing right now is what is. If you're focusing yeah. on on the what is and you don't like most of the what is you're going to continue to get more of the stuff that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that whole pre-paving your future, that could throw a lot of people. Like, well, what does how I feel today have to do with what's going to happen in my future? Sure, yeah, because there's a time disconnect. And and it's not easy to look at what happened today and look back and say, all right, so where did I attract that recently? Yeah, 
Yeah. It's hard to match it up. It's hard to find the correlation just because we don't we don't keep a, a running log of everything <laughs> that happens all day long. So you can't exactly go back and okay check okay here's what happened at eleven thirty and you, know, you just can't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't but be able to actually the, live life if you did that. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to what we talked about one of our other talks where Esther slash Abraham talks about there's all kinds of things lining up for us that we can't see. Yes, and that unseen part. Makes it can make it harder for us to trust that something is lining up for us, and that ties into the fourth question they raised, which is, do you feel the freshness of a new desire pulsing within you? Because when you recognize what you were talking about, when you're in attunement with it, if you will, if you're if you're aligned with it, then having a new desire feels good. Yes, but when you're yes, but like... when you're resisting it all, when you're fighting it all, the last thing you want is a new desire. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of those, thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. Right, enough. All right, and with every new desire, there's always a choice to nourish it yes. or to squash it. You know, with a new desire, we could either go with, oh, I'm so that sounds so exciting to me. Yes, I would love that to happen. Yes. And not getting caught up in the how or when. Or we could squash it by doing the opposite. Like, ugh, how's that going to happen? And then we go down that road and then it kills it. And that's what they talk about here with uh, the next part of this chapter. The, the second paragraph says, If you are among the rare humans who answered, Yes, I'm enjoying the evolution of my desire. I feel wonderful as I stand in this place where many things that I desire have not yet come to me. Then you understand who you are and what this physical life experience is really all about. But if you are, as most humans are, feeling unhappy about your unfulfilled desires, if you have a desire for more money, but you find yourself in a continual state of shortage, if you are not satisfied with your job situation, but you feel stuck and cannot see any way of improving it, if your relationships are not satisfying, or if the dream relationship that you have desired for as long as you can remember continues to be just out of reach, if your body does not feel or look the way you would like, then there are some very important and rather easy to understand things that we would like to convey to you here. So let's talk about what are those things they want to convey to us, David. I mean, when you're trying to convey, how, what, what do you convey to a client when you're trying to explain this to them? Well, that you have to keep the way you feel about what you want at a raised vibration, meaning you have to stay positive about it and you have to think about what you want about whatever it is you want over the opposite. Because all those things you read, there's a lot in there, what you just read. From there the is. Book. There is. And in fact, uh, they even give an explanation about why they wrote the book as a way to tie the whole thing together. Because they say, we write this book to reawaken within you, to reawaken, that's an important word, to reawaken within you your memory of the power and inevitable success that pulses through the core of that which you really are. Which means what? Which means the power is in you. You are the power. Yes. Yes, you have the power. You have the power. And they say, we write this book to assist you in returning you to your place of optimism, positive expectation, and expanding joy, and to remind you that there is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. And we write this book because, this is really interesting, we promised you we would. Huh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Because that suggests that there were conversations that occurred before we even came into this world. <laughs> yes. I like I like that in that sentence you read, positive expectation. Yes. Because again, that's where people can easily get hung up. Like if it doesn't happen in a certain amount of time, they think it should. Positive expectation. 
And what is positive oh, expectation? Let's talk about what that is. They, they actually well, describe I, it in the next section, but, but oh, what, okay. what, what, what's your idea of it? Tell me about positive expectation for you. Well, the way I like to explain it is, like, when you, it's a certainty feeling. Like, when you get in your car to drive to the market, you know you're getting to the market. You just expect it. There's no, there's no question. Like, you don't get halfway to the market and then turn around because you're not there yet. And I think the same is true with things we want to manifest. We just have to have that positive expectation that it's going to happen. Right. Regardless if it takes a day, a month, six months, a year, you have to keep up that positive expectation like as much as you can. Like, like so certain. You have to feel so certain that whatever it is is going to manifest for you and not lose that feeling. And that positive side is what they talk about in the next section. They, they just said that we write this book because we promised you we would, which is really intriguing. That's, yeah. <laughs> and then they talk about some of that early conversation that happened before we got here. And what they say is this. You said, quote, I will go forth into the physical time-space reality among other beings, and I will assume an identity with a clear and specific perspective. I will learn to see myself from that point of view, and I will enjoy being seen as that point of view, unquote. You said, quote, I will observe what surrounds me and my response to what I observe will cause my own valuable personal preferences to be born, unquote. And then you said, quote, I will know the value of my preferences. I will know the value of my perspective, unquote. And then you said, and this is the most important part of all they write in parentheses, quote, I will always feel the power and value of my own personal perspective for the non-physical energy that creates worlds will flow through my decisions, my intentions, and my every thought for the creation of that which I set into motion from my perspective, unquote. Wow. Read that up. Could you read that one again? Because there was a lot in there. There is a ton in there. <laughs> there was a lot. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to go slow. I'm, I talk fast, okay. but I'll try to go slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will always feel the power and value of my own personal perspective for the non-physical energy that creates worlds will flow through my decisions, my intentions, and my every thought for the creation of that which I set into motion from my perspective. That's... Yeah. It's, a, it's a run-on sentence, but it, it has a lot yeah. in there. <laughs> I mean, to say non-physical energy that that creates worlds, I mean, that's... That's, that's huge. Like huge. Yeah. It's also <laughs> like, a clue about what the true nature of being is. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the, mm-hmm. one of the very first clearest statements that we are all spiritual energy. Yeah. We come from the non-physical yeah. side of energy to the physical side. But we are all energy on the spiritual side and we're all energy on the physical side too. We are energy and that energy flows through us. It's the energy that creates everything. It's the energy that created the so-called big bang. It's the energy that created the universe. It's the energy that makes the universe march along. It's the energy that makes things happen. It's the energy that uh, allows things to be built and to construct it or even torn down and start all over again. It's the energy that makes everything happen in life. Yes. Yes. But I could also see how someone new to all this reading that would be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean creates worlds? Like, that's a lot in there. It is, so. yeah, yeah. Well, creating worlds is kind of, sort of a dramatic way of saying this is the energy that does everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty big stuff. And it, I have to say, this is where the book was starting to hook me. Because mm-hmm. I read this book when, when did I read it for the first time? I was in my mid-50s. 
and I had rejected religion when I was in my my teens. So mm-hmm. that meant I had roughly 40 years of first, basically not believing in anything, and second, right. later on, believing with doubt, and then third, believing, well, there's something going on, but it ain't what I was taught. And then right. I, I read this, right. and I think, oh, wow, this really resonated with me. This made a mm-hmm. lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now I can make mm-hmm. sense out of a lot of stuff that had been told to me by others about what they thought spirit was, what they thought um, yes. you know, the other side was, and so forth. And a lot of it didn't make any sense to me. This made sense to me. Mm-hmm. This I idea that, resonated with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. This idea that we are energy and that we that non-physical energy flows through us. Yes. That made, oh, that, that made a <laughs> lot of sense. And it still does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it goes on to say, you knew then, before your physical birth, that you were source energy specifically focused in this physical body. There's that phrase for the first time, source energy. Specifically focused in this physical body, and you knew that the physical person you would become could never be separated from that which you came from. Boy, did that resonate with me. Because mm-hmm. what's one of the main concepts of Christianity? Sin. Right. Separation from God. That's basically what sin means. Mm-hmm. And this is basically saying something I had always suspected but didn't dare vocalize that you cannot right. be separated. It is impossible yeah. to be separated. Yeah. In fact, the only yeah. way that I can ever I can now make sense of the whole concept of sin is to say to myself, sin, if, if, if you're going to really believe in such a concept, and I really think it's kind of foolish to spend much time on it, but if you're going to believe in it, here's what sin really is. It's turning your self, turning your, your attention away from the connection and pretending that it's not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The connection continues to be there, but kind of like a two-year-old who covers his eyes and says, you can't see me, <laughs> being in sin yeah. is pretending that you're not connected when you really are. And even that way, the whole concept of, the, of sin still seems kind of wacky to me. But that's the closest I can come to making any sense out of it. Because I think other than that, sin is nonsense. Right, right. You agree? Yeah, no, it makes sense what you're saying. I never thought about it so much, but yes. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Apparently, you, you, you spend a lot less time thinking about this stuff. And you just say, let's go. And I spend all this time figuring yeah, it all out. <laughs> scientific mind i've got that yes it's, it's a you want to know why and how and when and it, it's a blessing and a curse all wrapped up into one <laughs> i'm just like okay this resonates with me this, this is right done but it's interesting it's interesting about the religion thing because i've had clients where they are very religious and they're like well can i be very religious and still work with the law of attraction and i'm like of course you can I'm, you know you can totally be whatever religion you are and still become aware of how you think about things and how you feel about things, and you know you don't. Oh, sure. You don't have to separate it. And the good news is that there is quite a bit in Christianity that is almost word for word law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if you're willing to be a little bit picky and choosy about the parts of it that you're paying attention to, you can pay attention to those parts real well. I mean, yeah, I mean, even even in the Bible, which I cannot quote right now, I have read it though online there are some quotes that are very love oh, based. definitely are yeah yeah in a huge way i mean uh the whole concept of loaves and fishes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a gigantic mm-hmm. law of attraction that whole story that whole parable is all a law of attraction um the 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 parable of the talents and and people who you know there, there's the people who hide the talent away and the people who invest the talent and so on and so forth that's mm-hmm. all a law of attraction too 
In fact, there, there are large chunks of the early New Testament that are very law of attraction. Not all of it, but large chunks right. of it that right. really are. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be willing to, you know, look, look at the parts that, that really say it. That really, yeah. you know, that, that, that are consistent with the Christian creed, um, but are also Christian with, that are also consistent with the law of attraction principles, too. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting for one of our shows to find some of these quotes and talk about it because it's interesting how it's even so long ago people were talking about it. Well, I have an associate who is a member of a of a local church that is mm-hmm. I think it's one of the, one of those independent Baptist type churches, mm-hmm. um, but it's also one of the more modern ones. They got like a tele screen at the top, you know, at the front of the room right. and so forth. Um, and he brought this up to the minister of that church, and the minister said, "Oh yeah, sowing and reaping." And if you think about it, what Christians teach as sowing and reaping really is the law of attraction. As you sow, so shall you reap. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that's missing from the Christian creed, this this actually shows the weakness of the creed as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Sowing and reaping within Christian creed is usually just taught in terms of if you do something bad, something bad is going to happen to you. Right. That's how, yeah. If, yeah that's it, how... It, it fails to mention that if you do yeah. something good, something good happens to you. <laughs> It, there's actually a positive side to this one, folks. <laughs> and it also fails to mention, one, one of the things that the church that I was brought up in was compared to other churches fairly progressive about was it taught the idea that a thought is a form of prayer. So that all mm. thoughts are forms of prayer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it's not something that all t- churches teach, but that particular church did. And I think there are probably more than the do now than used to say when I was growing up. Um, right. But the bottom line is that's also very consonant with, consistent with the law of attraction. Because mm-hmm. what what it really means is if you think one thought and then you think of the lack of the thought, you are contradicting your own thought with its lack. Yes. Well, yep. that that's law of attraction. Yes. Yep. Yep. So actually Christians have a lot of different ways they can tie the law of attraction in. It's just a, really a question of how willing they are to... To focus on the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, to focus on the yeah. stuff that, that does correlate. Um, yeah. If they spend their time on the stuff that doesn't correlate, then they're going to get themselves into a bad place pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Next section of the book now. It says, we know who you are. We know who you are. <laughs> it sounds threatening. <laughs> but it's not at all. It says, so you came forth into this wonderful body, remembering the joyous, powerful nature that is you. Boy, is that important. I mean, how many of us feel like we are joyous, powerful natures? Yes, yes. In fact, learning how to become one, I I guess I've been trying to relearn what I already was previously, but Mm -hmm. it's quite an experience when you are taking yourself from a habitually more negative place to a habitually more positive place. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're learning the joy again. Yeah. Yes. Because certainly it feels yeah. that way. It, does, it doesn't seem like I ever did this before. And yet, there's also a part of me that says, you know what, this does feel familiar. It's both. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, a lot of, when you're just, uh, if you're lucky enough to have like a, quote, typical childhood where like you're like playing a lot and doing things with friends, that all just feels fun and feels good. And you kind of, as you kind of get older and different things happen, it's easy to kind of forget that, how that feels. Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on your friends. <laughs> I, I, I guess on the surface I had that experience. <laughs> but, but, no, but that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, like you were saying, you 
sometimes we have to like relearn how that feels to feel that feeling of excitement and joy and expectation of good things happening because it could be it could be drawn out of you based on however your experience was growing up well i can't say i can really draw on that because for me it was more about being disappointed as i was growing up so i i can't say i ever really had any section of my childhood where i experienced you know unbounded joy for stuff and good stuff happened i didn't really have that right Right, and I I don't know. That's like the Norman Rockwell moment. Do people actually live that way? <laughs> I hope for a little bit of time, at least. I hope everybody does at some point during their lives. Yeah, but it certainly yeah. didn't happen to me that way. And I suspect a lot of people. I mean, there's so much dysfunctionality in in families that we're now aware of that I, I suspect you know most people didn't have the Norman Rockwell experience. Um, yeah, but the good news is it doesn't matter whether we had it. That's right. The good news is we can have it now anyway. Yes, and this is something I wanted to bring up, which is just so amazing, is that recently I had told you I'm working with my the oldest client I've ever worked with. He's 73, ah. and he's had a few coaching sessions, sessions now. The last one he had, which was last week, he's like, David, I just can't believe that it took me this long to realize what I was doing in my life was creating me not manifesting certain things I wanted. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I see it so clearly now. That's nice. And that's that that's a real victory right there. Oh, Yeah, now that I've been talking with you and doing some of the processes that I'm learning, it's all just clicking with me. And he was just like, he started getting into a little bit of, you know, I can't believe it's taken me this long and all the time I wasted. I'm just like, I understand it, but really just celebrate that from this point on, from this point on, even at 73 years old, you can be in a different vibration now. And like, it's important to remember, too, we live in a time where 73 is basically, you know, yeah, perhaps over the hill, but you still have a lot of life left. Yes. Two, that's, gen that's two generations ago, him. Yeah. Two, ge two generations ago, 73 was you're almost dead. Right. So right. lifespans are expanding. Yeah, it, and this you know this particular guy, he's seventy three. He's in really good health, and it's just like I'm just so happy for him that he now can live even at seventy three, whether it's another year or twenty years, in a much better way. It's just like it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late, and I firmly believe. I believe this more than I've ever believed it in my life, and I'm, my belief level is increasing every day. I believe we literally can live as well and as long as we want to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, that the old rule, I mean, think about it. Three or four centuries ago, if you lived past 40, you were an old man. That's right. That's right. Now people live to twice that age easily. 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 Yeah. Without a struggle. You know, I mean, there's more people not living over a hundred than ever before. Well, I think that it's very likely by say the beginning of the 22nd century. So, you know, essentially 83 years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if the average lifespan is two to three times what it is now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to happen because people believe that they can. They yeah. can live that long. They can live yeah. long, healthy lives. And you don't have to be limited to what everybody else does. <laughs> I know that a lot of times I think, I wonder how many things happen because 
we just were told or we think that's how it's supposed to happen. And if we thought about it in a different way, it wouldn't happen. All that's, of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's the clear answer. All of them happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which means we really have the power. We're sitting in the driver's seat. <laughs> Even if we aren't aware of the steering wheel yet, it's nice to know we're in the driver's seat. Yes. Yeah. It's just all the years of hearing, well, this is what's going to happen when you hit 40, and this is what's going to happen. And, and if we heard the opposite, it's just very interesting to think about. It's not just interesting to think about. It's a <laughs> challenge to change the mindset about. I, I yeah. spend a lot of time, uh, how do I say it, dithering back and forth. On the one hand, I have so much training in my mind in my experience that, that pushes me toward, you know, well, I'm over the hill. I mean, my, I'm now 60 years old <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And I, I can go down all kinds of rabbit holes with that. Yes. And then I, I remember for a second, like, oh, wait a minute. No, I don't have to think that way. If I think differently, my life turns out different. And so right. I'll get onto that track for a bit and then I'll slip back into the rabbit holes again. And it's back and forth, back and forth. But I know what's happening is I am, every time that I'm reminding myself that I am con in control, I am maybe one-tenth of one degree shifting that perspective. Mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. I, 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 one little step at a time. It's like, it, it's like uh, erosion, you know? <laughs> I'm eroding yeah. away that old, the, that old uh, uh, stone edifice that was preventing me from having a long and healthy life longer than what uh, was considered socially acceptable or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm eroding it away, and as I erode it away and gain more confidence with it, it becomes true. It becomes true that my life is however long I want it to be. It becomes true that my mm -hmm. health is however mm -hmm. good I want it to be. It becomes true that I have as much success as I want. And it goes on for as long as I want it to go on. Yeah. 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 So it may be a bit of a struggle. It may be a bit of, you know, a little bit of a tennis match, if you will. <laughs> you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How long do you want to live? How long do you want to live? For as long as I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I want a number. <laughs> Sorry, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say, like, I want to live to 110 or whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anymore in terms of being limited to 100. Well, that's mm -hmm. not true. I do get the thoughts regularly about being limited to 100 or less. Right. I, But when I'm in my lucid moments, when I'm in my moments of I am in control, when I'm, I'm in my law of attraction moments, let's call them that. Yeah. When yeah. I'm in my law of attraction bonus, there's no the, the hundred years becomes no limit at all. I, I actually have fantasies every once in a while of being interviewed when I'm 150, and you know the news interviewer is <laughs> asking me, "How do you manage? What do you attribute your long life to?" And my answer is something along the lines of, "Well, because I wanted to." <laughs> yeah, because but, but I didn't. I believed that whole, I would. There's a whole other theory that even when the body goes, that we keep going. Like the spirit, like in other words, our tombstones should just say "to be continued." Well, yeah, I, I think shouldn't I, have like the the end year because we just continue. Well, I think that's what the first part of the chapter refers to. It talks about we are the non-physical energy having a physical experience. That's my way of saying it, but that's basically what mm -hmm. they were talking about early on. Well, they said here, you knew then, before your physical birth, that you were source energy, specifically focused in this physical body, and you knew that the physical person you would become could never be separated from that which you came from. You understood then your eternal connection to that source energy. Well, that says it pretty clearly. When you die, it's only your body dying. You continue. Yeah. Yeah. 
But how can we forget all that? Like when they, when all these things are saying, you said, you said, how can we forget it all? How could that happen? Well, how can we forget that we said that? That's that's always what I oh. think about. Like, well, yeah, I, it's not so much how do we forget. I, the, the, the harder part for me is figuring out, can I believe that I actually thought that, that I was actually there to do the thinking? <laughs> yeah, that's along the same lines. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that that comes down to whether any of this stuff resonates with you. It right, really does resonate. It, it resonates with anybody who has a desire for what I will call life health. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't resonate with somebody who's on a destructive path and for whatever reason wants to remain on that destructive path. Because that person is basically trying to, to effectively kill themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to it. You know? Yeah. If you get somebody, for yeah. instance, who, uh, oh, I don't know, um, they develop a heroin addiction or they you know, join the military to go to some hot fighting spot in Iraq or, you know, whatever it is, anything that has a, a highly uh, self-destructive potential to it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, what, well, they call it addiction, don't they? They call it addiction because somebody on the outside can't change their mind for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they're stuck. They get stuck in this one negative self-destructive pattern until finally it ends up killing them one way or another. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a choice. It's not a happy choice. <laughs> yeah. It's a very yeah. unhappy choice, but it's still a choice. Well, yeah. I actually have a friend right now who's going through stuff like that. Um, it's mm-hmm. a friend, of, actually a friend of my wife's. And uh, it, it, it's two friends that she knew from you know years back, but we still have maintained contact with them. And uh, it's a married couple. And she, in the married couple, um, recently discovered that he, who was previously an alcoholic, has since... Uh, fallen into a heroin addiction and has been hiding it from her. Oh my goodness. And she had already threatened that if he did anything like that, they were, they were done. They were through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, he did it again. And so she kicked him out of the house and he's now living in a, um, you know, basically a skid road type motel that's you know, inhabited by druggies. Oh um, my so, goodness. And he's on a completely self-destructive path. You know, well, without getting into all the, the details about it, right. One, right. one of the things that occurs to me when I I see that resolve, and I've known this guy, you know, I can't say we're close friends. My wife, right. is, my wife is close friends with his wife. That's where the real connection is. But, you know, I know him well enough, and I care enough about him that, you know, I really don't want him to be on this path. Of course. But I'm also realistic enough to recognize I'm not the one making those choices. He is. Yes. Yes. And it's important to recognize, too, Often you get people like this who, who fall into this path, who come from very difficult circumstances. They had, you know, horrors in their background or whatever. He didn't have those. He actually came from a wealthy background. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the but we don't know if it was a happy background, though. Wealthy doesn't mean happy. We would have to, we would have to know. Like, but let's put it this way. There were no obvious traumas in his background. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way, because you're mm-hmm. right. You're right. And, and, and in fact, the two of them had explored this, trying to figure out, you know, why he had this addictive behavior. And they, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't find any of the, the traditional pointers. They couldn't find you know, the, the sexual abuse or, you know, the, right. the alcoholic right. parents or whatever it was. It, didn't, it wasn't there. Yeah. And yet this yeah. guy has continued throughout his life to be battling this whole thing of addiction. Well, one of the things that occurs to me about him is that he is a very negative person. Ah. Uh. 
he can he is a master at finding the black cloud in any silver lining well as we all know that is a big part of it then oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. from an LOA perspective but even from a non-LOA perspective I mean anybody can agree that can't end well no yeah if he's totally living in this doom and gloom type of way yeah he, he's a um, he, he's a Republican he's a Trump supporter and he in many ways I'm not saying that he is like Donald Trump but mm-hmm. He he has, in his lifetime, during the time that I've known him, manifested many of the very same negative kind of things that Trump manifests. It's almost like, you know, hearing a political version of this, of my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it's just like this endless stream of negativity that comes out of him. So that's the first thing I noticed. The second thing I noticed is that he has a very strong victim mentality. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's part of that doom and gloom cloud yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like it, it doesn't matter what's happening; I'm going to be a victim, one way yeah. or another. And yeah. if it does, if I'm not a victim, then I'm going to make sure I am a victim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's manifested this addiction issue, which stems seems like it could stem from that whole way of thinking. And it's it probably sounds kind of mean-spirited to somebody listening to the program for me to say that he brought all this on him, but he really did. Mm-hmm. He had lots mm-hmm. of opportunities to, to make different choices. Heck, there were times... Right. I, I've actually had conversations with him, the, the four of us sitting in the room up at their house, um, talking about the importance of, of maintaining a positive perspective. I wasn't even teaching law of attraction. I was just saying, let's right. you know, stay positive. Right. And mm-hmm. and the other, my, my wife and, and her friend... We're also chiming in on this, and and uh, he he was saying, but I am positive. Well, he's, yeah, he doesn't realize he doesn't yeah. realize his own negativity. Yeah. So how can he do something to himself? How can he be, be setting himself up for this? Well, there's how he can do it. He can mm-hmm. do it by by constantly maintaining negative perspective, and then basically convincing himself he's not doing that. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I wonder how he thinks he's being positive. Like, that'll be interesting. Like, like how are you? How do you think you're being positive? Like that would be interesting to find out. Like I, I don't remember exactly. We did get um, a little bit of or example. He must, or he doesn't realize what that really means, or something. Well, I I did try to pin him down a little bit on that and ask him, give me give me an example. And he cited one phrase from a part of the conversation we'd had like five minutes ago that had a positive oh. side to it. Mm-hmm. And then he spent the next ten minutes talking about you know all the negativity that happened around it. <laughs> yeah, he brought it back down. Yeah, he brought it back yeah. down again. So yeah. he, I, I think that's, I think of that as a victim mentality, because basically mm-hmm. that's somebody who's saying, okay, I understand, I have to be positive. Okay, I've been positive. I'm done. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go back to being yeah. negative. Yeah. I have done the positive thing, so it's not like positivity didn't get its chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too, yeah. It's a shame. I hate to hear that about. Somebody. But 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 you know what I mean. I'm sure you've seen that yeah. before. It, it, it's not enough to just say, "Okay, I'm positive for five seconds. I'm done." Right. Well, that's what I said before in a different way with that other potential client who didn't manifest someone in two weeks, and they thought, "Ugh, this whole law of attraction, law of attraction thing doesn't work," because <laughs> they they have no concept that. It's something that's always responding to you. It's not the kind of thing where you try it. It's always responding to you. Right. 
Yes, it's always responding. And not only is it always responding, it is the, the, the essence of what you choose to think about in your life. Because all of the things that we think about are choices. Even if they're subconscious choices, they're still choices. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if there are certain choices that we've been making that we don't like, we can op we have the option of changing them and replacing yep. them with other choices. We, we can do that. Yep. Um, yeah. But the person who's in that self-destructive mentality has convinced themselves that they are not capable of making new choices. They've convinced they, themselves that they're yeah, locked they in. Convinced themselves, what's the point? And, and they gain some sort of, I don't know, macabre, I guess is the word, or, or you know, self-destructive feeling of accomplishment, not accomplishment, but they, they, they get some sort of negative energy back that reinforces what it is they were trying to get in the first place. They, right, they're they're like hungry energy for energy, so they'll settle like for energy. it. Yes, the yeah. whole like energy attracts like energy. It's like it's better to get negative energy than no energy at all. That's the mindset. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing that you're locking yourself in. <laughs> right, you're just continuing that same low vibration, low That's vibration, right. low vibration. Yeah, and, it, and it's really quite frustrating. Well, we've got enough time on the negative side. Let's go back to the book and try to finish up the, the chapter because there's a nice little finish here. It says, there okay. is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. See, for me, that's reinforcing. I like that. Because I, I like not, that. Not, not at least that's I have I have a chance, you know. There's nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. I mean, it may still doubt, but at least that sounds promising. <laughs> right, right. It says, we want you to remember that there is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have, and we want to assist you in achieving that. But, interesting word, but we love where you are right now, even if you do not. Because we understand how joyful the journey from where you are to where you want to go will be. Yes. That doesn't necessarily feel so good the first time you read it. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, really? <laughs> I don't want to have to do it that way. Can't we just go to the end part? <laughs> But that's what I was reading earlier, that it's all about the journey, is, is enjoying the journey to whatever you think is the end part. Well, they say, we want to help you leave behind any perceptions you have picked up along your physical trail that are thwarting your joy and power, and we want to help you reactivate the powerful knowing that pulses within the very core of that which you are. So mm -hmm. relax and enjoy this easy-paced journey to rediscovering who you really are, it is our desire that by the time you reach the end of this book, you will know yourself as we know you, that you will love yourself as we love you, and that you will be enjoying your life as we are enjoying your life. That sounds really good, right? It also sounds a little spooky. What are they doing? Are they looking through my eyes at everything? I mean, so I'm brushing my teeth, they're enjoying that? Like, come on. That's a little bit, you know, creepy. <laughs> so you go with creepy, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't want to be on display 24-7. You know, there are parts of my life I want to keep private. It's just for me. <laughs> well, I think it also is another way of saying of that we how important it is to be aware all the time yes. of what, how we are feeling and thinking and all that kind of I thing. I think there's that. And also, I, if I think of it from the perspective of somebody who's just in non-physical pure spirit mode, um, somebody who's not here physically on Earth, but exists as just energy. Um, if I'm that person, unless I'm feeling really self-destructive, and I tend to doubt there's a whole lot of that going on on that side, 
I don't uh, think they're going to pay a whole lot of attention to spending time on the really negative stuff. I, I just can't see them wanting to do that. Yeah, yeah. Why would they bother? It, wouldn't, it doesn't fit. Yeah, it doesn't make no. sense. I, yeah. I, I think they're much more likely to just be cherry-picking, you know, looking for uh-huh. the really good experiences and then looking through your eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. tasting it through your taste buds and smelling it through your nose and feeling it through your, your fingertips and so forth. Because when you can hear something that's beautiful music, through somebody else's ears, of course you're going to tune in. What a great thing mm-hmm. to do! If mm-hmm. you're if you're going to hear a, a, a screaming, you know, mud fight, there aren't going to be as many people on the other side who want to hear that. I don't think. <laughs> I just can't see that being a crowd event, you know. <laughs> so anyway, we've got about three minutes left. Um, okay. But I think it's great that we're finishing on this last thing. So relax and enjoy this easy paced journey. That, that's what we're doing here, isn't it? We're, we're enjoying the easy paced journey of working very slowly, actually, one chapter yeah. at a time through this book. Yeah. And, and there's so much here to talk about. So it's really cool. And I like that. Just I think they're saying, too, just in life, just try do your best to just relax and enjoy the journey. That is important, isn't it? Yes. Because the more that we relax, the more we become attuned with our own true positive nature. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that sound good for however long left anybody has to live? Just relax and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so like, ah, oh, that sounds good to me. It's, and it's not what we've been taught for the most part. <laughs> right. For right. the most part, it's it's actually almost at, at odds with, with, with what we've been taught, with what we've been trained to be, you know? <laughs> But I, that sounds good to me. I don't know about anyone else thinks, but to it, just trust, just we can just relax and enjoy. And b- by the way, for those who still struggle with the whole law of attraction concept, but kind of like some of the other stuff we've been talking about, you can always look at the works of like Sean Aker or some of the people in the positive psychology movement, because they uh-huh. essentially say the same thing. They just do uh-huh. it for different reasons from, from a different perspective, but they're saying the yeah. same thing. Just enjoy your life. Uh, yes. Feel good. Uh, yes. And more importantly, feel good because that's the proper order of things. You feel happiness and then you experience the good things. It's not you have to work to experience the good things in order to feel the happiness. Right. Well, it's kind of what we talked about earlier about pre-paving, like feeling good today. You're pre-paving the future for feeling good. Yes. That pre-paving is is an important, that's part of the steering wheel. We talked about a steering wheel that we're, you know, sitting in the driver's seat controlling our own feelings and emotions. That's part of the steering wheel is is the pre-paving process. That's really yes. important. Yeah. Yeah. So, minute and a half left. David, tell them a little bit about how to retune in case they want to get a little one-on-one training. Yeah, if anyone's interested in finding out about me or maybe you want some law of attraction coaching, which is amazing, you can check out my website, lifecoachdavid.com. And I've also written a few books on Amazon. Uh, vibratize your life and magnetize your life and those will also help you understand the law of attraction very good all right and of course continue to listen to us here on prn and if you haven't already subscribed to us at our website loatoday.net that way you can be listening in every time we put out a new podcast because your podcast software will alert you saying hey there's another podcast from law of attraction radio loa today (laughs) yay so david it's been a pleasure as usual Same here. Enjoy it. All right. I have two. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.